This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. The Ritz-Carlton, arguably one of the most recognizable brands in the world. They built a reputation as a leader in luxury with the travel industry. So it was somewhat surprising to read about the humble beginnings of the hotel company's co-founder and former president, Horst Schulze. Mr. Schulze grew up in a small village in Germany where there were no hotels, yet before he was even a job, uh, or should say, yet before he was even a teenager, he told his parents he wanted to work in that type of a business. They eventually found him a job as a busboy dishwasher in a hotel about 60 miles from his home, and so his journey began. His often quoted philosophy for his business is, ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. He stresses the importance of putting the consumer's need at the forefront, even if it costs a lot to do so. Mr. Schultze has written a book about his experience experiences in his life of service in the hotel industry. It's titled Excellence Wins, a no-nonsense guide to becoming the best in a world of compromise. And it's a pleasure to have him joining us right now. Horst, thank you very much for your time today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So customer service made you and the hotels you worked with the best over over the course of time, correct? That's correct. Yeah, for sure. How so? Well, we we concentrated on the on the on the market, on the customer, and on the individual. Uh, if I want to con- concentrate on the individual, I have to first understand the market as a whole, and then adjust to each individual person. And we did that with all concentration. We believed, simply believed, that if we concentrate on the product, if you will, in our case, service. If we concentrate on the product rather than on the money, we will, on the end, make more money. And that's exactly what happened. What I find interesting is that that this is a story that really started when you were just basically a teenager. 11 years old. Yeah, or even before that. So you you knew even at that point that this was an industry that, that you were drawn to. It was for some reason. I believe me. I, I don't know. I don't know why, and I would like to know. And my parents <laughs> don't know why. But for some reason, I started begging them uh, uh, to work in the hotel business, even though I've never been in a hotel. I must have read something, uh, and, uh, and they, of course, initially reacted and said, "Okay," because I thought it would fade away, but it didn't. So they reluctantly supported me because at the time in Germany. You went for technical jobs and not for a hotel. I may as well have said, I want to work, be a garbage man. Right. It was the same. And, and, but reluctantly, they, they, they then inquired and, so, and found they, they should let me make sure that I start in a first-class hotel. Consequently, they, I went to a boarding school for six months who placed me, they placed me then for a, in a busboy job in a, in a hotel so with 14, I lived away from home in a dorm room in a hotel, 100 kilometers, kilometer, 60 miles away from home. So you do an internship uh, 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 at a hotel, at a location, and you write a letter about your experiences, and you come up with this this idea of ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen, yeah. which I think yeah. is it's a unique kind of perspective to have when you're still such a young young gentleman as well. well in the meantime, I was 16. Mind you, once a week we went to hotel school and we were asked to write an essay, what we now think about the hotel business. Um, the major D where I worked was a unique 
truly a unique human being. And I, I sensed, we were told, we are servants, we are servants, we are servants. But then when I was asked to write this essay, I could tell when he approached the table that the guests were proud that he came to the table. Right. I said, wait a minute, this is a reversal. And when I contemplated that, I saw that was really true for every guest thought that he was the most important person in the room. So did we, the employees. So I contemplated that and wrote an essay. What I identified is that he defined himself as a very fine gentleman. Consequently, they were proud. And I said at that time, we can be ladies and gentlemen. If we deserve it, if we define ourselves like that at work, but unless we are, we are so we are, ladies and gentlemen, unless we sentence ourselves to be servants by not being very good. And, and that was, of course, that was driven by the fact that everybody looked down at me when I said I want to work by the ho- in the hotel business. I suddenly identified, no, no, wait a minute. I can be like this methodi if I am excellent in what I'm doing. And I, it drove me. And that methodi, by the way, the first day I started working there, he said, don't come to work to work ever. Come to work f- to create excellence. Right. That went over my head at the time. <laughs> How do you define excellent when you wash dishes and right. <laughs> clean floors? You know? But I got it. I, I, I went the light bulb, and then I got it. And, and I thought, wow, yes, I'm defining myself every single day here. And, and it stayed with me, the, the impact. Well, the impact was great because I had an A for the SA, which I never had before. It was the first A I ever had, so it impacted me dramatically because but of that. Isn't there, though, or shouldn't there be the expectation, and I, I, I think of your industry as a whole, that every experience for somebody coming to stay at a hotel, no matter where it is, what town that it is, it is located, that there should be this excellence experience Expected by the people of the people and the and the hotel itself uh, for every time that somebody comes to visit. Well, very true. But wouldn't that be the same expectation if you enter a hardware store? Correct. Or right. Any other right. business. Right. And, and and that's that's why my book is not for the hotel business. It's for right. everybody. It's right. a concentration concentration to uh, to deliver excellence to your customer. So that, that's what, I mean. and of course, you can only accomplish that, and that's my point, through employees that want to be excellent, which in turn can only be accomplished through excellence of leadership. And it feels like today, with all of the different aspects of retail, and I wanted to touch on on the other areas as well, is the fact that it feels like that maybe more businesses have figured this out, that there is more emphasis on the customer experience these days than there, than there seemingly has ever been before. I think so, too. And I, 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 I believe somewhat that we, when we created Ritz Carlton, that we impacted that in, uh, as, a, as a whole. Because of our winning the Baldrige Award, uh, hundreds and hundreds of companies came to us to learn what our processes are to accomplish this. And I think we impacted industry as a whole to the, and made, create consciousness in service delivery and attention to the customer. 
Horst Schulze is our guest. He is uh, currently the founder, chairman, and CEO of Capella Hotel Group. Also was the co-founder and former president of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter, at BizRadio132, or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Mr. Schultz's book is Excellence Wins, a no-nonsense guide to becoming the best in a world of compromise. I would... I wanted to get your perspective on on, on your experience coming up through the uh, hotel industry back in your days as a teenager. And what was the, the quote-unquote luxury experience of a hotel guest at that point in time? Well, and that's kind of fascinating to me. We are, we are, in a way, we are going back to that. Of course, everything was much more formal and stiff at the time. Uh, uh, and and uh, sometimes we were more, we had more knowledge in the business. The waiters, they they were too elegant. Uh, elegance without warmth is arrogance. They were uh, nearly snotty, but that was existed there. But but the real excellence for the customer was individualization. We had customers at the time, our guests in the hotel business were staying more now. It is an average stay of one and a half day or two days because it's all business travelers. Right. But the, the traveler at the time stayed longer. We, and the, where I started off was a spa and, and, and guests came to spend 10 days, two weeks. And we had repeat guests every year. They wrote a letter before they came. I want table number three. Right. I want. I, I, here's how I want to be set. On, on on Monday, I want red roses and change them on Thursday to yellow tulips, and so on, and so on. They individualize their product, and that's what's happening again today. Much because of the millennials, they say, "Do it my way." Individualization. Then they're right. not just saying. They're not saying. They're saying, "I want my hamburger with two slices of pickles and a, and a half a slice of tomato." <laughs> they want it their way. And that's what existed. That had gone away, if you will. We had kind of forgotten that. We commoditized. Right. And, and today it's, break, it's breaking down into two groups. One that is the commodity of hotel, and the other one that, that, that those are the luxury hotel that who concentrate on the individual and the individualization. So and that's true for any business, by the way. Right. And I would imagine that there are situations where you're trying to achieve excellence, again, no matter the business. Yeah. Uh, but but you will find yourself either as an employee or a manager or whatever it might be in a situation where there may be limited resources. So how do you Absolutely. reconcile that? Yeah, absolutely, and that is the that's the problem with business altogether, because you know, the business are all it's all large companies today, and the company headquarters is in Chicago, and the business unit is in in in, in California somewhere. So the whole judgment of that business unit in in California or wherever it may be is bottom line, and consequently right. compromises are made on the product. Compromise on the product. Right. You have to concentrate, and, and, and eventually, so with other words, the concentration is on money. The applause is on money. It's not on the product. And, and it's not on the very thing that makes money. If I compromise the thing that makes money, sooner or later, my competitor is going to win. And that was our point in starting Ritz Carlton. I, I looked at how I'm going to be the competition. What does the customer want? Right. 
what does my market want, and I will create all processes around what the customer wants. So consequently, on the end, I was able to charge more. I had a higher occupancy. We were, the, we, were the, the, we were the leader in each market segment where we opened the hotel because our concentration was on what the market wants. And that, that's how we make more money. That's how we can afford on the end to do it. And not and the other way is, of course, at the same time, by eliminate, el- eliminating the mistakes that you make. Right. Rather than take, may, rather make a soap a little smaller so you make more profit, eliminate your own mistakes, work on your own processes in continuous improvement, and, so, and eliminate, consequently, cost every time I eliminate uh, mistakes. So there's an element uh, There's an element of this that it, it, it's an old kind of line that I've heard here in the United States, is to make money, you have to spend money. But the, the twist on it, I, I think, from your perspective, is doing it while you're also providing the great experience for the consumer as well. Exactly, exactly. And every time, just think about it, every time I eliminate, I eliminate a mistake permanently... I save money, I improve my product at the same time. That is efficiency. Cost cutting, any fool can do, make cost cutting. Right. You can walk in a hotel right now and, start, and say, don't play, have the piano playing in the afternoon anymore, and you save money. But you talk it away from the customer. Cost cutting means you're taking away the customer. But that's how businesses think today. I found it interesting in you uh, relating uh, the stories about when there were issues, when you were uh, with Ritz-Carlton, that you and the company had instructed the employees, go ahead and spend upwards of $2,000 to be able to correct any mistake that you needed to make. Yes, any employee, every employee was empowered to do that. And that was an economic decision. I didn't just, and of course, that, that created fireworks. I was sued for that and all kinds of things happened. But, but it was an economic decision. I, I, I determined very clearly our average age of our customer was 43 years old. They yeah. had a chance to travel 30 more years. I knew how much they spent, a customer, repeat customer spent uh, every stay and how often about the stay every year. So I knew that a, that a repeat customer was worth to the company lifelong about $200,000. So I was willing to move heaven and earth to keep that customer. So they spent this $200,000 with me and not with my competitor. And that included to teach every employee problem resolution and, and say you can spend up to $2,000. Now, now, Nobody ever spent two thousand, but they bought breakfast or sent a food basket or some cookies or so on, and the and and the guests were amazed, and we created instantaneous loyalty when something negative because something negative had happened. That was an economic decision. I did. It was not a decision to throw away money. How much do you think then then the experience in business as a whole? And you mentioned millennials a moment ago. That, that how much has the experience of being a business owner changed because of the expectations that the consumer has today that may be slightly different than, say, 30 or 40 years ago? Yeah, well, in, in 30, 40, I, mean, I, I work in a luxury business. There's, there's nothing right or wrong. It's, it's really, in a way, all the same. It's concentration on this specific market. In my specific mar- market, 30 years ago, luxury meant chandeliers and, and marble and, and being a little nice. Today, luxury means do it my way. Right. That means adjusting 
relentlessly to the individual. We go so far in the Capella Hotel, we call everybody uh, that makes a reservation when we can and say, what can we do for you here? What, what do you specifically need? Do you have a diet, have an allergy? Do you want us to make a theater reservation or whatever? Right. So adjusting to the individual, for example, we don't have check-in time, check-in time, and check-out time because we know the guest doesn't like it. Right. So it's 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 much more a concentration on the individual, and and but this is true to more or less expand in all market segment. It's true in a red roof in too. They wanted more their way. So that is and it's true in every business by the way in every business today and, and i would imagine that there are there are businesses out there that may not necessarily be associated as being ones that that have to deal with customer service on a day-to-day basis but when you think about other businesses that have different clients and different partnerships that they deal with a lot of these same principles probably apply Absolutely. You know, when I have business to business, I cringe. There is no such thing than a business talking to another business. There's a human being in one business talking to a human being in the other. Right. And those two establish the opinion about each for each other as a whole. So, so to, to dismiss service, no matter what service or this relationship, whatever you call service, to dismiss that in, a, in, a, in any business is totally wrong. Uh, I'm I'm working with a with a consultant with a bank right now. They, they have over 100 uh, 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 different outlets. Well, we we know we knew I saw that we had uh, we had some guest comments. I mean customer comments uh, of the bank complaining that they were staying outside the the the, the bank door at three minutes before nine, and the bank waited, waited till nine o'clock to unlock, the, even though they saw them. Well, we instituted just now, because this is true, we instituted, we opened the door 15 minutes earlier and closed 15 minutes later from now on every branch. That's what we do. That means adjusting to what, what annoys the customer. This is annoying when they come there and stay there, and exactly that moment they open the door. How, how silly. That is not adjusting to the customer. That's not yeah. looking at them. So, so we make all kinds of adjustments here to pay on, on all kinds of others in the bank to adjust to the customer and, and consequently, by the way, be superior to the competition. I would imagine that in some of those customer comments that you have probably seen, especially in the last few years, that there are even probably a few that say, hey, you better improve your Internet. Because in, t- in today's society, people are connected uh, via device so much. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a fascinating thing. All, all, all the technology, uh, we, we, I learned one thing the hard way, to, be, to absolutely accept technology, but not be on the leading edge with my customer. Because okay. not all of them are that young. So, for example, even when we started Ritzcon, the first hotel, I was very proud the, at that time, the first time those little plastic cards came in as a safety for to open the, the, the door, the, uh, we call them wing card. Well, you should have had our customers. You say you are supposed to be a luxury hotel. They give me a little plastic key. Why I cannot have a hard key? Well, we changed all locks. I was too early. Three years later, they complained. Well, you give me a hard key. What if I lose the key? What, what if somebody walks in with, into my room? Yeah. It, it's not, so, you see, 
I, 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 the truth, the same thing was true with voicemail, with everything. So we make sure that what we do supports on high tech and everything, right. supports the, the, the customer and the experience. But, but internet, to charge for internet to, to, and all that is, is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. That is the norm today. Everybody has it. It's ludicrous to charge for it. I don't do that. Well, and the same would be around the, the, uh, the people that are staying at the hotel and their, uh, their personal data when they are uh, doing their reservations and such. Absolutely, absolutely. So high tech is very important in support to to accomplish what the customer wants. Let me not to be 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 a leader. I'm not a high tech company, but I'm use high tech to serve the customer better. Let me ask you in, in the last minute or so that that we have. How have have all of these experiences that you've had throughout your career, and then uh, with uh, uh, with Ritz Carlton? How has that impacted what you're doing now with with the Capella Hotel Group? Well, what, what we, oh, dramatically, what we did with Capella is I, I looked at the time and said, what, it was very clear, mind you, it was quite, very clear 20 years ago that the normal luxury was changing into affordable and ultra luxury. Uh, take cars. If you would have asked 20 years ago, what's a great luxury car? Everybody would have said Mercedes. Today, many people will say Bentley. Yeah. So, and the same thing is true in my business. And I, I pursued, saw this and said, I want to do a little work in that particular uh, uh, market segment in ultra-luxury. And I, I wanted to start it, and I'm, I'm now moving away from it. I'm selling the company, but because I'm, I, 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 there's a time when you have to slow down. Sure. But, but uh, we, are, we are extremely successful in that ultra-luxury business. And that ultra-luxury business, what do we do different? Well, we do everything for you, as long as it's legal, moral, and ethical. And, and, and we knew that there is a market who wants that. Yeah. They don't, that market doesn't care for right. airline points right. or right. stuff like right. that. They, they, that market says, I want you to do everything for me the way I want it. And that's what we're doing. Mr. Schultz, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. It's a fantastic book, and we wish you uh, all the success with it. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Great to be with you. Thank you. Uh, Horst Schultz, the book is uh, Excellence Wins, A No-Nonsense Guide to Becoming the Best in a World of Compromise. The book is available in bookstores and online for your purchase right now. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.